Dang it, I can't muster another burp. Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast, everyone. Ha. Hello. Good try. Good try. I'm better, everyone, by the way. I'm much better now. Good. <sighs> Chris needed some good old wholesome drama. That's all he needed. I don't think it was drama. Well, the movie there's, was... there's an aspect to it, but primarily? That was just a good wholesome movie. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah let's go with that. All right. Um, who died this week? Uh, the guy who wrote Child's Play. Well, shucks. That's a big deal, dude. Well, I wouldn't know. I'm not a horror guy. I don't, yeah, I don't remember who that was. Uh, I can look it up. Just give me a second. Because he's quicker huh. than me because he works at a video game company. No, Child's Play, oh, the movie. Man. Like, Chucky. No, movie. I was talking about you. Uh, John Lafia. Huh. Child's Play does, 2 director. Does not, does not ring a bell. Well, let me see what else he did. Let's oh. go. I'm, running I, I'm sorry, he's gone. <laughs> I'm just going to see what other movies he, he directed. See if that maybe helps. <sighs> uh, he did Space Raiders, Repo Men... Uh, Adventures of Sinbad, Dead Zone. Time out. Which Sinbad? Adventures of Sinbad, like the. So TV not the animated. So not the animated one with Brad Pitt. Uh, no. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, looks like he didn't really do much of anything. He just kind of was around. Okay. Uh, who I don't know who else really died today. Um, news. I am unprepared. <laughs> ah! Nothing's really, nothing's really changed. Things are pushed back. Well, one one thing changed. Uh, that uh. That, uh... Okay, hold on. Let me get the timer ready. I know where this is going. No, no, no. I, it's just no, brief. I'm getting the timer we're, ready. We're going to talk briefly about it. That's all. No, it won't be brief. You get... I'm, I might no, just give I've you 15 stated, minutes for the topic. I already stated alone. my thing about it. I There's nothing more to talk about with it, dude. Uh, I doubt that. That's not usually the case. Sorry. Right. Okay, 15 minutes on the subject. That's how much you got. On the universal thing? Yep. I mean, dude... It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that actually might be too much time. I think that's too much time. I don't think I'm gonna go too deep. Okay, this. then five minutes. At the end of the day, uh, it's gonna happen. Regal Cinemas and AMC have both agreed to this. Uh, Regal is being less aggressive about it than AMC. I saw. Did you see exactly what they said, Alex? I did not. So I'm sure. Alex, you know this because you worked as a supervisor uh, about the um, about the the actual there is an actual uh, contract agreement when movies go to a movie theater. They are that movie theaters have a 90 day exclusivity window with new, when new movies are released, if they are meant to go to theaters. Uh, usually this has to be designated before release. Um, and so Regal Cinema basically just told Universal, they said, if you break that 90-day thing, we will not play that movie. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter what the movie is. So 
Uh, so they have a 90-day uh, exclusivity where it's only in theaters. It can't be on on demand. It can't be on TV. It can't be on any streaming sites. Uh, it's part of the reason why I did, uh, unless, you know, obviously the pandemic's kind of changed a little things, but Disney's also agreed to delay whatever movies they have by 90 days and then release them on Plus. Um, same thing happened with Trolls World Tour, I believe. Uh, and Regal basically outright told Universal, he said, we have a written contract agreement about this for how many, whatever years it's going to be. If you break this, we will not play the movie. Doesn't matter when you release it. Um, that I think is the better approach of saying it is if you're going to be like this, then we will not play it because you broke your agreement with us. Uh, and they, they're taking it on a film by film basis. AMC is just outright banning universal movies outright. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Regal's being a lot more level headed. I think about this. They're, they're trying to, they're playing their cards where I think they can win, which is universal broke broke a, a contract <laughs> you know yeah this reminds me of when uber was really starting to grow and um taxi cabs had a government contract with airports yeah um that stated that they could that they were the only ones who could do business in airports and eventually that just went away Ubers yeah go to airports I all the time I I I under I agree with what you're saying. Like I think it's the the mature business like appropriate approach to saying, look, like that guy's freaking out. We're not him, but he's got a point. You yeah. made a contract with us, and now things are bad. And I know you guys have a lot of money that you could probably spare, just waiting a little bit to premiere these movies, or at the same time, do something to help us out rather than just premiere those movies because. The thing is, they if they can't produce movies to to make money with down the road, then yeah. they're they're gonna have nothing in a few months. Like yeah. they're not they're not gonna have anything for the theaters. Yeah, the, if the, the studios have to put it out to make the profit that they want because they're studios and all they care about is profit. If I they have the money. I think the theaters, waiting ninety days isn't gonna hurt a the, uh, a studio though. That's the thing. I agreed, but the thing is, it's about how you handle the situation, and I, oh. I agree with you. I think Regal is doing it correctly, and they are right. They have a contract, and this is the thing. Like, the the world has gone to shit. Yeah. And so businesses are hurting, and like people are holding up pieces of paper and going, "You signed this," and the studios are going, "That was before." And at a certain point, that argument is going to work, especially yeah. when the studio will always be around. Uh, and, and the theaters are dying. They are dying. So I, I guarantee you the studios are already planning for something after the death of theaters. So they probably don't even care about what happens to them, really. Oh, I agree. I think Regal's kind of being the right thing, saying, look, do whatever you want. We don't care. But set your date and put it out 90 days after that. That's all we're asking. And I think that's a smart way of doing it, is just saying, if you're going to be like this, fine. But you're going to do it within the contract, within the agreement you made with us, irregardless of what's going on. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's the right way to approach this, but also, I, I think there's, I think it's the only way as the theaters can approach it. If they, if they have a problem and they want money, and their lawyers and their uh, uh, money men are like, you need to do something about this. This is the appropriate way to approach it. 
rather yes. than just lay in the corner of the room and be like, our theater's dying. So I agree, but at the same time, like... Oh, it's going to do nothing. I, I, it, it's, not, it's not that it's going to do nothing. It's that this was, again, always going to happen. So all this does is reveal what companies handle themselves in crisis better than others. It reveals how Disney is going to handle this stuff. It reveals how Universal and the studios are going to handle this stuff. All this is going to do is reveal character in the in moments of desperation because the desperation is always going to come. They were always going to put those movies out because they weren't going to have anything else to put out there. They aren't producing anything. They can't film anything. It was always going to happen. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think Disney just being silent about it and just kind of letting it play out is probably the smartest decision possible. Just saying, we know you guys are hurting. We're hurting too. We're all just going to chill out for a minute. And we'll decide this when it's, this is all said and done. It's the cowardly one if they don't say anything at all because they are the, like they're the kings of the jungle. They they're the ones who oversee and make the biggest and most um, effective decisions. What they do, uh, it creates the current in the river. So, it, their lack of response is telling. It, it can either be apathetic or it could be observant. Or we don't know, but like I'm, that, they you know, said knowing about. knowing that Disney's the big dog in town, though, I think it's more observant than anything. I think they want to see how this plays out, see what the reaction is, and then make a call based on the results of this. I think if at the end of the day, the theaters lose and Universal just says "fuck you," I think Disney will be very short afterwards to say we're just going to put it on on Disney Plus and be done with it, and nothing you can do about it, and. I think if it works in the favor of the theaters, I think Disney is just going to be like, we're just going to watch it in theaters and on Disney Plus 90 days later. There's no harm in that. Theaters are happy. We're happy. Everyone's going to be happy. We'll see. It's going to yeah. be... Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's going to be a big we'll see, and I think... It seems like Disney's making the cowardly decision, but I think it's the observant decision more than anything. Uh, when you are the think, top dog and you and you don't have anything to say when the world is changing is interesting. It's telling. It may not necessarily be cower, but it is telling. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like I, 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 I agree that Regal is handling this well, but yeah. the, again, there's two points that are always going to happen. A whatever material was produced for this summer and this fall any of it being done, that's going on demand. None of it is going to theaters. It's just oh, not okay. going to happen. Maybe may stuff by Christmas, but like, I, I well, highly well, doubt and that, And that's why Disney like, pushed basically its whole slate back till, till December. Yes, but that, we also don't know how long this is going to last in the biggest markets, say LA and New York. Oh, sure. those, are the, those are like huge money makers for the, just our country alone. So yeah. like, waiting till Christmas to put that stuff out in theaters and people still can't go to theaters or they don't think they're going to make their money. Like it, it's going to be telling to see what happens um, down the road. But that like the stuff is always going to go on demand before it hits theaters and B they don't have anything in production that they can make safely that they know of because of how many people it takes to make a movie and see, theaters are dying, and this virus has absolutely 110% sped that up. That they, what was a long car ride has now turned into a rocket ship. 
and it's it's it, it's telling to see who survives, who doesn't, what relationships they keep afterwards. Like I, it's very crazy what's happening. Yeah. <sighs> so that's that's all that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, I don't have any other news. Good. You went three minutes, 46.35 seconds over. I mean, sorry. This is an important topic, dude. We This is this is this is something that we shouldn't even be allocating time to. We should just talk about it out truthfully. But we we were very we got our points across. We said it as is. That's all there needs to be about it. It's still a Uh, developing situation. We don't know what's going to happen next week. Uh, have you guys watched anything interesting? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, let let me say that I I'm almost done with Indiana Jones. I'm oh, one boy. movie away. One movie away, and okay. um, it started to lose me in the middle of it. But okay. um, one, it's one be back in the end with some great music uh, and some pretty good stuff. I, I watched the two movies that were written by the woman who wrote the crazy episodes, and uh, they were really good. Uh, <laughs> really enjoyed them and was really shocked by just how like fun they were. They were genuinely interesting and fun. Nothing too crazy happened, although crazy stuff happens later. Like there's a point where Indy, as a spy, totally gets in brown face again and, and has like an Apu voice. It's ooh, uh, uh, it's real bad. <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones and Daniel Craig. It's crazy. Like, like if you're with, if you're in a room with those two again, and you're the guy who plays Indiana Jones, and they're like, "Hey, we were, we all did something together," and they'll be like, "Oh, what did you play?" And he'd be like, "I was Daniel Craig." Be like, "I was the villain. I was the British. I was the German bad villain." And Catherine Zeta Jones would be like, "I was the the double agent spy who was good and then bad, and then." Like, Sean Patrick Flannery, Flannery has to be like, I played Indiana Jones, but I was uh, um, mostly an, an Indian guy with a voice. <laughs> Don't watch it. Don't, Don't watch, watch it. it. Um, the, my favorite thing about it, though, is that a huge chunk of the show focuses on World War One. And he's like in the trenches. He's in Africa. He's all over the board. He does the peace treaties afterwards. They do. Um, they kind of touch back with soldiers who are coming home. Uh, I love it. I really do. One of my favorite things about one of the last episodes is he's there for the peace treaty signings at Versailles, and you kind of watch the makings of how Germany just kind of got screwed really hard. And how their economy was just basically wasted by um, the terms that they signed. And everyone knew it at the time. They're like, we're going to be fighting Germany in 20 years. We're going to be going to war with these guys. And of course they would. And they'd be led by an insane maniac. So, like, it it got worse because they didn't fix things. And, like, there's a character in it who's like, like, we had the perfect opportunity. The world was in pain and it needed to empathize and heal itself. And... All it had to do was not put things back the way they were, and that's exactly what they did. And I just, it just hit me so hard considering what we live in. I was like, damn, man, like history repeats itself. And I just was really amazed at how just like universal and timely the show was for saying stuff like that. So eventually, it really kind of won me over in the end. Um, 
It's it's. I would say overall, I would con- I would watch it with the movies for now on chronologically. Um, probably not all the episodes. He does fight a vampire at one point, so not all the episodes. Uh, and I, I, overall, I would give the entire show a B. Yeah, a B. Better than average for sure. That's mm. good. I forgot to ask Missed my mom it. if she ever watched that show. Pretty sure she has. I gotta be honest, really good. Really good. Really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, shoot. What was I gonna say? I, I, I hear you guys. I hear you guys watched a Star Wars show. Wait. I watched something else, though. What did you watch before oh, okay. we talk about that? Okay, hold on. First off, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Thank you. Oh, my God. Video game talk, real quick. You're, you're very welcome, Chris. That is my favorite Call of Duty campaign ever. I, I, I just want to say, Chris, do you know how long I've had to keep that secret? <laughs> you didn't keep it well. You failed, actually. You really did. Like... That was leaked like months ago. Honestly, no, but, you, but I, you should I, be ashamed of yourself. Chris, actually, Chris, I've known that for uh, over a year. I think he did. Who else uh, would? No, I didn't leak anything. We're, but how to get out? How did it get out? Some stupid person in LA did something stupid. Sounds about right. Meets the criteria. <laughs> Some stupid person in LA did something stupid. Like, I don't think that meets the criteria. He lives in Minnesota. I mean, the, well, the weather outside—it's really hard to tell. Um, <laughs> not I not gonna last long. Like, I I couldn't th- tell you. But yeah, here's the thing. It's I, so like ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah. it takes itself seriously, and it's so well done. Like, and, like um. Yeah. So, so you spent the money on it, huh? I spent the twenty dollars and I got it. And I'm like, I have been waiting did all you, this time since it was announced. It I'm the, like, okay, let's do Did you this. buy it the right way though? On digital, yes. Did you buy it through Modern Warfare there? So you got all the bonuses though. It's the campaign. What else can I add to it? I don't need all that. No, well you get well, you get a bunch of stuff in Modern Warfare. You get a ghost skin, you get a bunch of other stuff. Oh that. Uh well I haven't played that multiplayer any uh, yet yet. Um, you should, because you unlock. I can't get back into. I cannot get back into that culture, man. I can't do that. I have so fun. uh, man. Uh, Black Ops Three really ruined me. Anyway, um, (laughs) Black Ops Three ruined a lot of people. (laughs) So, like, Alex, the best describe it. It's like, it's it's like it. It's probably the best, like, visually. The, like visually, it's like the best Call of Duty campaign, and it wasn't until Modern Warfare that I wasn't actually impressed by it. Um, like, and it's re- it's a ridiculously fun action movie kind of game. It's like, like, <laughs> first off, it's uh, oh man, um, it's bold. It's really bold and controversial. Whereas, oh man, uh, man, he's not going to play it. Um, They make you play through an airport massacre where you're the one firing the gun. 
so they they put you in the shoes of a uh, shooter of a mass shooter. Yes, but what ha- what the the context behind that is that you're undercover trying to nail a Russian terrorist who is doing this so then kills the player you're playing as as a body for Russia to be like, oh, America did this. We got to go to war with America. They invade Washington, D.C. Full-blown invasion. Red Dawn style. Got it. Red Dawn style. Except it's, like, visually beautiful. Um, And... They <laughs> and they fire, and so somebody goes rogue, fires a nuke, and detonates it just outside of the atmosphere. But the EMP stretches across all of DC, and all the power goes out, which evens the odds for everybody. And you play through all that. It's so ridiculous, and it's so fun, and He's it takes itself seriously. Man, I love that game so much. He's very excited about it. Oh, it was so good. Well, it sounds, he's right, it sounds insane. It's insane, but it's so good. Like, oh man, after last week's episode when I have like three panic attacks, um, I was just like, okay, I gotta wait for Thursday. I gotta wait for Thursday when this, when this game comes out and I can finally play it. And I played it and I'm like, I am so happy right now. And I was afterwards, I was just like, I gotta do something else. I watched. I watched Extraction. That new. Oh, the, the, the yeah, yeah. How was? It's fun. Hmm. It's it's pretty fun. Um, it's not like it's not like Modern Warfare levels of Modern Warfare Two levels of fun. Um, it's um, it it's like okay. It's like the it's like the like. Uh, it's like um, what? How do what do I equate it to? Um, I'd say it's like Logan, but Russo brothers. If that makes sense, or like Children of Men, or something like that, where it's like Chris Emsworth escorting a kid through India, trying to get him away from drug cartels and crooked gotcha. cops. I gotcha. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's actually pretty good. There's like a 10 minute one take in it. Wow. It's dude, I recommend it. I recommend okay. you give it a shot. Okay. It's Sounds nothing it, like it's nothing special. I just thought this is a pretty good action movie that I needed right now because this is my genre. I I'm pretty lenient when it comes to action. Um uh I just don't want to be treated like an idiot. And I don't want it to be mean spirited. It's so, not. I don't think it is. And it does look good. Um, but it seems like that's what Netflix is going for. Like the kind of movies that would be that would have been big in the nineties. Action movies that would have been big in the nineties are now like going straight to Netflix. I like it. Yeah. Um I also think that uh Chris Duckman put it best. Like, if it wasn't Joe Russo who who wrote this or pitched this, it wouldn't have gotten made. Um, but I'm glad it did get made. It was made by it was directed by a stunt my stunt guy. Um, but like, yeah, it's just it's, I think I think it's just an 
in the end, it's just a fun time. Like, it's a it's a it's a pretty good movie. Good. Um, I didn't want I like I didn't want it to be um, boring at least. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's boring. Maybe there are bits and there. Are, okay, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that, but it doesn't really last that long. Or if it is, it's meaningful, just enough. Like it's one just just have... just does just enough. Yeah, it's one thing to have like a lag in the middle of your movie or at some point. It's one thing if the if it's like the a tone that you're not really able to get into. Like Atomic Blonde, I love, but you have to be in the mood for it. I think just because it's all in Eastern Europe and just that look is really gritty and weird. Um, uh, but then I, when I think of like an action movie that's boring, I think of the um, the Miami Vice with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. That's such a boring action movie to me. Uh, when you said Miami Vice, I, that, that moment in Ace Ventura came up. Next up on Miami Vice, I'm going to get the boss some coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got to watch that again. Is it number one or number two? two. I just want to know how much time I have. I just want to know how much time I have. So, What did you watch, I, Zach? <laughs> Or play, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, I played a few things. Um, I I watched uh, some more episodes of Harley Quinn, season two. That, I gotta get on that. I, get I on love that. that show. First off, the fact that the new episode o- opens up the way it does is just just perfect. It's it's hilarious. Uh, Alex, I, I don't. Are you caught up in Harley Quinn now? No. Okay. Have you watched any of season two yet? No. No. I know you've seen all of season one, right? Yeah. Okay. So, season two is great. Uh, season two is just as funny, just as crazy and amazing as season one. Uh, <laughs> I, King Shark is slowly becoming my favorite character ever. <laughs> yeah, Ron Funches is great. For, for all the right reasons. Um, us that I played Modern Warfare because that game's great. Um, and I watched something that we'll talk about after this. Uh, and then past I just worked, did work, I worked all week. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Uh, so yeah. Chris, let's talk about Shattered. Oh man, we didn't. Oh man, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> I talk. put that at the back of my mind. I was so excited about Modern Warfare Two. Um, let's talk about Shattered. <laughs> so before, more like you talk- should talk about it because you spend more time talking about it than I do. So I don't know if you saw the meme I posted, Chris. <laughs> on I our, not, I did not see the meme that you posted in either chat. I posted an execute order six, six meme. <laughs> But, uh... Not Order 69? Darn it, that's Alex's favorite. I know, right? Um, How did you know? (laughs) So, uh... I watched that tree. I keep an eye on you. So it's the third episode of what I'm pretty sure is going to be the second movie of Clone Wars. Uh... And... I'll believe it when I see it. 
What? I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not skeptical, I'm just saying. I mean, like, the openings alone are basically confirming it. <laughs> I know. Uh, again, you're right. We'll believe it when we see it. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, the Fabled Already 66 happened. We, uh... We have arrived. Order 66. After 12 years. Yes. Well, no. We have worked so, so hard to get to this point in time. Yeah. Now, it was heartbreaking, actually. Not gonna lie. I think um, I, watched it. No, I watched it twice. I, honest to God, like, first off, the fact that they used Revenge of the Sith audio alone made me happy. Um, they, I had, I had flashbacks. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Hayden Christensen. It, I could though. No, Matt Lanter is better. Matt Lanter is better. You're right, but uh, I'm happy that they used Revenge of the Sith audio instead of redubbing it with the with the other actors. I would have redubbed it. I would not have redubbed it. I think it was too not the point where Mace is like, "I said, plot to destroy the Jedi." I would have redubbed the point where no, <laughs> no, 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 point, no, no, yeah, no, no, yes, yes, it's not good. Andy Christensen is not good in that moment. He's not the Any better option. Anyways. Um, I had flashbacks. I was very somber, very sad. I actually cried watching it. because, But I also was the guy who, like, when I played Fallen Order and saw the Order 66 scene and that, I cried a little bit too while playing through that. It's just... It's sad because, like, watching them talk and look so highly on her and then just turning on her on the flip of a coin and watching like Rex fight it to the last bitter second was like heartbreaking a little bit. No, no, okay, so for me I didn't have that reaction. That would come later. Um now no, that that would come with a different thing. But for me, I know where these characters go. I know yeah. what happens, yes. but, 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 I was still, like, gripping my chair, like, okay, we're on, this is on, we're on, this is real now, this is real life, it's yeah. not fantasy, we're not caught in a landslide, and there's no escape from reality. So, I want to call out, like, two big, <laughs> I open my eyes, look up to the I, sky and see, I'm sorry, go ahead. I want to call out two, like, very specific moments in this episode that, like, I loved. So first off, the Last Jedi reference, because they made a Last Jedi reference. Where? Uh, it wasn't a direct reference, but it was... Then uh, it wasn't Luke, a reference. Yes, it was. When Luke Skywalker was talking about the hubris of the Jedi, and then Windu's like, you're a fucking citizen. You no, so these guys, like, on top of being, like, that was entirely hubris. egotistical... No, 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 no. Like, that on top was... of the hubris and the ego, they're petty. Like, they yeah. were mad at her for leaving. Yeah. And making him look yeah. bad. That, that was, was, that pissed me off, actually. That like, was super like, That was the last I Jedi I didn't expect reference. to say, screw you, Mace Windu. Yeah, dude. You that was, just so that was, that was when you were, like, looking at and she's thinking to herself, she's like, dude, you guys deserve everything that's about to happen to you. And I know that, like, something horrible is about to happen. Man. And that was, like, so... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, 
Dave Filoni, the master of masters. Um, the oh. other big thing that I fucking loved, and Chris, I'm sure you loved it too, was the Rogue One reference. Stop! Stop! Hold on. It wasn't a direct reference. It was. It was a callback. I guess. None of this is a direct reference. Like you sure. like. You, you, yeah. Sure. Sure. The, I have uh, to dig to find these. The, the Darth Maul walking down the hallway like Vader. That! That! Okay. All right. We're, we're, yeah. Okay. That was pretty fun. And, and like pulling out the side and like chopping people's heads off. And... Dude. Dude. Alex. <laughs> dude. That was sick. That was like, oh my God. I was just like, where's all the... I was like, why are you doing this? You're not showing all this blood. There'd be so much blood everywhere. I know. And dude, wow. she, like, why are you doing out. this? When she lets him out and she's like, do what you're good at, causing chaos. I'm just like, no, yes, she cut it. bait. She cut bait is what yeah. she did. He she's just bait. like, I don't care if you escape. You're drawing them off me. Get out. Get out. Get away from me. Don't cause a bunch of chaos. And he just pulls out. Like, where you don't see my face ever again. Heads off. And then he cut the dude's arm off with the fucking door. What? <laughs> Alex, this show is intense. <laughs> Dude, this episode was intense. For a second, I, got, I thought you guys were talking about Mandalorian. No! <laughs> this is fucking Clone Wars, Oh, my this God. Is a, this is a kid's show, I promise. You sure? Look at that. If you watch that episode in isolation, you're going to be like, this isn't a kid's show. They're showing kids getting people. They're showing clones getting beheaded and dismembered. Like, what? what's going on here? Are we just going back in time to the George Lucas time? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, dude, this is this is vicious. They're vicious in this. Like that was pretty good though. Just him just stalking down the hall. That was a better moment than the actual. No. Yes. No. Yes, it was. No. Yes, it was. Rogue One. Listen, the Rogue. No, the Rogue no, 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 no. That yeah. moment in Rogue One was all fan service. That's all it was. I didn't like. It was just like a, it was just like a cool thing. Like. Vader, okay, it's a Vader. Like I, I see past that. Like it's now it's fan service to me. That right. moment with Darth Maul. That moment with Darth Maul. I was just like, okay, this guy is a. I know. Okay, I know that Vader is like a beast and an absolute like an intimidating villain. Like Maul needed that more. That was that was more impactful for Maul because you don't get to see a lot of Maul doing that kind of stuff. Or anybody else, really. It's only excluded for the most powerful people. Don't interrupt me! I am not Alex! Okay. Damn. (laughs) He had a lightsaber duel! (laughs) What are you smoking, kid? It's not me smoking. It's my brother in the next room. Um, Listen. Smoking. No, 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 dude, my guy. Also, also, Maul was more impressive. He didn't need a lightsaber. Yeah, he had a double-sided lightsaber. No, he doesn't use it in this. In scene. this moment, he doesn't have one. He's yeah. pulling. He's pulling the. He's pulling panels off the wall, right? He's pulling panels off the wall, deflecting bullets, and then launching them at clone troopers to just to like to like behead them, and they're like, like pin them against the wall and like very and like oh man, and then <laughs> oh my god, like I'm sorry, this moment was better. This moment was better. I like. Like just because of intent, just because of what it was meant to do. Like Vader, Vader, Vader scene in Rogue One was so unnecessary, but in isolation, it's pretty cool. 
I'm just saying, I can't see past that now. Whatever, man. You do you. Ball, 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 ball needed that more. Like that was more. Like that was more <laughs> ball for me. So, so I, I'm looking at this YouTube video of of that shot right now. The first. No, time, watch the movie. Watch the movie. I I finished the movie. Oh well, that's just great. We have a lot. Uh, anyways, uh, the first comment I saw was just perfect. Like number one rule when fighting Sith. Never fight them inside a spaceship hallway. Also, I had a, th- I had a random thought. I was like, why are these ships just corridors? Just, there's no sign pointing anywhere. How am I supposed to navigate through this thing? Doesn't matter. Oh, it's it's doesn't true. Matter. A lot of it is just guessing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Like, if you, can you imagine, like, <laughs> like, like, some, like, the commander of the ship's like, Where's the elevator? Where's the elevator to the bridge? I can't find it, guys. Like, there's no signs. Like, like they're just like they're in the middle of a huge battle, and there's just one. He's just wandering around the corridors. I gotta get to the. I gotta get to. The, what happened? It's, it's, it's been forty-five Tom. minutes. No, Tom. Tom's been lost for a day. He's lost. Have you been in this thing? It's the size of a planet. Oh, well, <laughs> let's write to his family because we're not gonna find Tom. And Whoever Tom is, that's where... the same. Um, so yeah, Shattered was, uh, <laughs> so, so, so Chris, uh, good episode, right? Ooh, Monday, Monday, it's on the finale. I can feel it. Like, I like this feeling of like, the end is near. Like, yeah, this 12 year journey from its rocky start to its ascension to like perfection one of the greats of the de- one of the great like animated series of the decade right up there with avatar the last airbender and then it gets canceled when disney buys the rights and then we get a few lost episodes on netflix great great and then nothing for five years and then we're here now it all ends here now this is what we've been leading to everything it's back it's the best star wars has been in a long time and now we're gonna blow our load let them blow their load it's the last season man like at this point they can do no wrong (laughs) hashtag blow your load yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would appreciate that, Alex. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, like, your catchphrase, your the classic catchphrase, blow your load. Yeah, they're they're on the last episodes. Like they they know there's nothing more left to say. Why not just do anything and everything you could ever want to do? Oh, Truth- um, truthfully, like why- no, 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 no. We said that about the Rise of Skywalker, and look where look what happened there. Sure, um, sure, sure. But like, be careful about it. If you're gonna do it, you gotta be careful. In this show, Chris, and they have to cover at least partial of it. We know is Ahsoka getting off this and going wherever, and then Rex going where he, where we see him in Rebels. So we know. She's oh, what? I know exactly where she's gonna go. And I'm sure we're going to see some reference to what happens to Maul between now and Solo. I'm sure. Something. Um, maybe maybe 
the last scene we get is an is an allusion to the Death Star or something. No, 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 no. This needs to be personal. You need to keep this personal. Well, sure, but we know for a fact that at the end of this, Ahsoka is going to go by the name of Fulcrum. We know. I no, 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 no. Okay, because she already has. She already has. Well, she has, but I'm sure she's going to take it up as a member of the Rebel Alliance. Finally, I know how she does that, and it's not going to be in this episode. Why do you say that? Because there's a whole freaking book on her. They I know, just, and they like, already retconned that book in this episode. No, it didn't. Yes, they did. Not exactly. No, no, Chris. absolutely not. No, they did not retcon. Chris. Do not, do, 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 okay, no, 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 no. Do not refer to me by my full name like that. Don't. Chris. Seriously, Chris. don't. Okay. Chris, they already have because they already, that book said that Order 66 for her took place on Mandalore. It obviously isn't happening on Mandalore. We know that prior to that book, Rex pulled out his inhibitor chip. We know that that's not the case anymore. <laughs> this movie takes place after all that. No, it doesn't. After it takes, no. Pulled the chip after out of his head in this episode. In that book, the chip was already gone by that point. Yeah. This movie, that, this book no. takes place after that, after this, after this finale. The chip no. is gone now. That's how it got removed, and that's what they're referring to. No. Yes! No. I read the book twice! Read it a third time, Chris. <laughs> you read the book a fifth time. Gladly. I know which book you're talking about. No, you don't. Yeah, you're talking about... That's uh, fifth meltdown in a row. You're talking about. Why do you keep doing this to me? The E.K. Johnson. Why do you keep provoking you're, you're, me. You're talking about the E.K. Johnson book, right? All right. You know what? We're gonna get the book. Let's get the book right now. Sure. Oh my God. Wow. He's getting the book. Get the book right now. Yeah. Let's get it. Come here. Come here, Ahsoka. Star Wars, Ahsoka. By E.K. Johnson. We were gonna talk about a Domino Gleason in Rachel McAdams' movie, but it seems that Zach seems just seems to be hell bent on provoking me into these meltdowns, which is the fifth week in a row. Um, and so now I gotta get this off my chest and figure out the truth. So, and he has the internet and you know, everyone don't trust the internet. He's gonna Google it himself and he's gonna get, I have the source right here. I have the original sacred text because in Star Wars land, there is a law and you cannot break it. Otherwise you face the scrutiny of the masses. Now that I can actually hear you guys now, Let's see what we got here. Sorry. <laughs> is mom is mom is mom being like that? Doesn't matter. Okay, let's look here. Wow, the the mystery of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! My dad just knocked on the window because I don't know what. That was actually kind of creepy. I don't know why he did that. <laughs> Probably because you were freaking out. Talking to yourself in a room? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. You guys are in my head. I don't have to listen to you. Um, Again, in the tree. I told your dad to knock on the window. Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just I'm yeah, reading. He's reading. That's okay, also well, Alex, 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 Alex. Yes. Sing. Sing? Uh, uh, every time you need to stop 
and look at a book to make sure a friend is wrong. It's called solving an argument. That's what libraries are for. If you go in one, you'll just find friends. They're arguing and punching each other and shelves are going down. The books are going into faces and paper cuts are happening. But this discussion is helpful and fruitful in the growth of their relationship. And that's what books are for. Those books don't exist anymore. We all have the internet. And the internet is just a horrible place sometimes. But it's also pretty cool. And it's like having a book uh, in your pocket of everything at all times. And then you take off your pants and you see that there's like a spot of no hair because your phone's been in that pocket for years. And it's made a space where it's just like there's no growth and you're wondering if that's because it's hot or if there's like a, a radiation thing or something but then you realize it's just the weight that the placement there allows for no growth of hair it kills the pores and that's what i learned at the library punching out my friend i'm sure chris is is, is having a day <laughs> i've actually already found it. i'm kidding i haven't found it actually <laughs> so, so chris i they have not bullied retcon the book, okay? They, they have not bullied no, no, retcon. You're right. you're right, Chris. They didn't fully retcon the book. But Just what they that did... part, though. We are going to find out. We are going to no, well, find out. I know what they retconned, because Chris, what they retconned is how she captured Maul, which is... Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You're right. The, the other important thing that they retconned is that Order 66 took place on Mandalore, yep. and that Rex had already removed his inhibitor chip by the Siege of Mandalore. It might as well have. Whatever. Any, I get it, Chris, but like, he obviously had it removed now. We haven't seen if he's. they're going to kill Why would you involve yourself with a whole book about this character a year after Order 6, a year after all this crap goes down, and you probably have a likely idea you're going to come back to it, just to completely wipe it out. Well, first off, Chris, this book, was, canon. this book was written four years ago, first off. Yeah. It probably takes that long to animate. Secondly, I You're get right. it. I get it. I get it. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know you why. You had to they, thank someone to make this baby. I don't know why they chose to retcon it. I know also this book says that hey, she's hey, hey, you know who's behind this. Well, yeah. We also know that. She had her green lightsabers during this book, and she has blue. It, it, there's a whole whatever. It it doesn't matter. There's a lot of room. the point is we still haven't seen her bury two clones to represent her and Rex to hide her death. That still could happen. You know what I mean? We still have one episode left. I'm not sure yet. Who knows? Maybe they'll turn around and end on Mandalore. They'll they'll finish it on Mandalore or whatever. We don't know. We just don't know. We don't know what they have planned. I'm not going to even begin to predict what the last 24 minutes holds for us. Um, I'm guessing we're going to get a little bit of everything. I think she might, they still might bury two clones uh, in, or two dead bodies over her and Rex uh, to hide their burials. Um, they, uh, I couldn't tell you, man. I, who knows? I, maybe they will. It just won't happen on Mandalore and, and the retconning is very li limited. Maybe we will get uh, an epilogue of her in hiding a year after that, and we'll see a little bit of a hint of what's going on in this book to canonize the back half of this book. 
I couldn't tell you. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe for all we know, what? Yeah, that was a weird laugh. Maybe we'll get you know a hint them of what's going on with rebels. Maybe we'll see an image of Kanan Jarrus. Maybe we'll get a hint of some of Ezra Bridger, or maybe we'll see her meet with Mon Mothma. Or can we not like finish that way? Like honestly, can we not? No. I don't know. Maybe for all we know, we get a hint of her meeting Baby Yoda. Nope. I couldn't tell you. Baby Yoda would certainly be alive around this. Don't reveal that now. Why not? Because you got to save it for the show. But her coming back and saying, hey, I remember you isn't going to change anything. Why does she have to remember it? Why why, Why do we have to be connected? Because it is connected. Because it is universe. How does Ahsoka know Baby Yoda? Explain that to me. Why? Why? We don't know. How? Not how. Why? Why does she know it? Why should she? If she's going to be in the show. No, I'm saying prior to the show. To Mandalorian? He's, he's asking why, because she's going to see Baby Yoda in Mandalorian, why have her see Baby Yoda before then? Why, oh, I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't tell you. This, I couldn't tell you. It's, maybe it's marketable. I couldn't see tell now, you. Now, I've learned, Alex. Have you noticed that? I've learned. What? When I couldn't you, tell during, you. Back when we started this in our last Jedi review, I was dead set that Ray was a Kenobi, and you asked why. <laughs> Why would yeah, that be a good idea? I, the other now thing, I'm now I'm now I'm starting to see it that way. Like I'm why should they? Why are we acknowledging this? That you're right. You're right. You're right. Thank you. I'm guessing the most likely last image we see is her getting her white lightsabers. That's probably truthfully last thing. I disagree. Why do you say that? Uh, Why? Uh, Why? Why? Next no, I was asking why in a different context. Don't use that against me. No, no I, I, think it, I think it's fair here, and I think the answer for me would be that's how they ended Ray. They've done it before. There's no reason why they couldn't do it now. It's just that they just did it before. Sure. Literally. I mean, like, less than a year ago. The, the thing, but Alex, the thing is, is when we see her again in Rebels, that's a big part of her character is why does she have these lightsabers? We okay. don't... If they do that... Then her book is completely meaningless. Why is it completely meaningless? Okay, the whole time she's wrestling with, like, the end of the Jedi. She's grieving, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Spoiler alert, everybody. In the end, she gets her white lightsabers from two corrupted. Crystals from Inquisitors. Sure. The people who hunt Jedi. Yeah. If she were to get it, if she were to get those lightsabers now, immediately after she escapes, like that. I'm not saying that it's immediate. We might get an epilogue of her, you know, looking down at her lightsabers and she ignites them and they're white. That's all. 
we need. We don't need context because they have a book for context. Well, th this is what I would say. I would say, A, I don't think it's going to be the last image from a filmmaking standpoint. They just did it with Ray. And I mean, literally, Ray turned on a lightsaber and it was a different color. So, I mean, they yeah. literally did her as a last image. But if they put it in the ending of the show in general, epilogue or not, if their decision is to completely cancel out a book that they decided was canon four years ago, do I think that they would do it? Maybe. If the show was good. I think the show, it sounds like the show is doing things well. I don't think they would just go out of their way to like make things complicated for fans. They obviously know all their history and what's been put out there. They make a Star Wars show. So it, if they do that, I mean, I, I guess what they're just saying is we're going to move down Ahsoka at a different path. Like we're referencing the book and it's different here, whatever, like get over it. Or I, I don't think they're going to bother with it. I think if it's if big things have already happened in the book and they don't want people to complain about the books and they already have an image of her in Rebels and they're going to put a new image of her on Mandalorian, um, maybe building all this sort of background and where she got stuff would be something they would do. But I don't think um, the, the question being, would they completely negate an entire book written four years ago? And it's a maybe for me. And I'm not saying that they're negating the book either. They could make a straight, they could just straight animate a scene out of the book. I'd rather they do that. What, what's wrong with that, Alex? Or Chris? Sorry. I said I'd rather they do that. Yeah. I don't see why they couldn't, they couldn't animate her changing the red lightsaber crystals white. Purifying them. Out of context as something else. You know what I mean? She puts them in something her lightsaber, works. she ignites them, and we get white crystals i we know exactly what it's from we see it whatever it needs to be and at the end of the thing we know where she is we know what her story is and we know where she goes next and we know why that's important and then after what's next we know what's happening after that because we know she's gonna be a mandalorian i really don't know how they're gonna end this i don't know either i hope because this is a better this book is a better the book serves as a lead-in to rebels to rebels yeah and I think Coming that, off of the heels of Clone Wars. So whatever happens here has to, line up. for the hardcores, mesh with the book. Well, it doesn't already, though. That's the point. That's <laughs> incorrect. The that first, is literally the, incorrect. A lot of the Order 66 stuff is kind of... Strong. So what if it doesn't... Ex if You're talking... The book's not even primarily about that. No, I know, I know. It takes place a year after, after it, but like... It's also, literally... Like a page and a half, okay, of detail that this of context right. that this book. No, 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 no. You know I'm right. It's only no, I know you're right. I know you're right, Chris, but okay. you underestimate so, the hatred so of the Star Wars. So that, so that, like level you are, of you are, detail. I think you underestimate that the fans though <laughs> a little bit. I'm one of them. I know, but I think you under you underestimate the really the fans that will hold that against them. Well, they're all idiots. Oh, I agree. <laughs> Stop siding me. Chris, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I think you're underestimating. I think he, I think he is saying I'm wrong. Alex, I think he's no. saying I'm wrong. Let's go to no. about time. Let's no. talk about it about time. I think you're just underestimating them. That's all. <laughs> talk about about time. Anyways. Okay, uh, yeah. Because I have, I, I can't, I haven't seen the show. So I've got. <laughs> 
I just I think, in this fight. I think you're just underestimating the fans a little bit. No, like, uh, listen, I'll, listen, listen. For a page and a half. Listen, we all know they're dumb. Oh okay? yeah, yeah. We all know they're dumb. And they're gonna make us stink about a page and a half. They already have. So. <laughs> so. I'm not saying they. Both. I'm not even saying that they wouldn't. No, I know. I'm just saying it doesn't matter at all. And they're well, the idiots for making a big deal out of it. Well, Chris, because they wouldn't make us think about it if they didn't matter. He got caught on Mandalore. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Well, Why care? Disney obviously doesn't care because they've already retconned a page. I don't want to hear it. I'm done. <laughs> Anyways, let's you talk about You made me hate oh. Star Wars after I watched two of the greatest episodes of television I've seen in a long time. How could you do that? Sorry, Stop it! Stop making me think about the world! God! I know that they butchered it! I know! God! Stop reminding me! Let me enjoy it! But he accepts it because he loves it anyways. God! About time! You do, you do provoke them. Sometimes. No, not sometimes. You always do it. About no, Chris, I often I'm not intentionally trying to provoke you. I'm gonna be honest. Not. I I am intentionally not trying to provoke you. Alex, who made about time? Well, well, there's this guy from England. His name is Richard Curtis. Um, he's a very important writer over there. He's um. He's the creator of Mr. Bean, of Black Adder, of most of the Black Adder series. He's a prominent uh, figure in comedy from the, I'd say, 70s to the 80s and the 90s for England. Um, in 1994, he wrote a movie, and uh, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. It was called Four Weddings and a Funeral. It's a classic. Very, very good. He got an Oscar nom for it. Um... And but here's the thing. As a director, he's only made a few things. He's written plenty of stuff, and he likes to write. He's admitted that before. But uh, as a filmmaker, he's only made a few things. His weakest film was something called Pirate Radio. It was based on a true story about British um, DJs who go out into international waters to play whatever the hell they want and say whatever the hell they want. Um, it's okay. But his probably best-known film was... Uh, um, Love Actually. Have, have you seen Love Actually, Chris? I don't know. Heard of it. I have. Uh, it's... I, I think it's good and manipulative in the right ways and really fun, but also super dumb and um, kind of offensive sometimes, but also Ooh. filled with a bunch of stars and super cheesy, and it's just basically a movie about a bunch of people falling in love, just a bunch of different love stories, all in one movie around Christmas time, and it's it's charming as hell. It's very good. Uh, in terms of just like watching around Christmas, I highly suggest it, especially if you liked this movie. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he's, he's so, he was such a big deal when that movie came out. Um, for to get such a cast that he did, like that's how legendary he was in England, and that was in two thousand four. Since then, he's mostly laid low writing things. Um, most specifically, the Bridget Jones series 
And he writes a lot of romantic comedies, is the point. Um, but I don't know why he sat on this idea as long as he did. But he's made it very clear that when he has an idea, he works on it and, and tries to make it as tight as he possibly can. And why he wanted to tell this story more than have anybody else tell this story, um, I haven't really looked into that much. But I, I knew of Richard Curtis and his movies before I saw this movie. But I didn't know he made it. He was asked to go to this movie with my mom and sister and dad just as a last minute thing. Um, I'd heard about it, but I didn't, I wasn't really interested in it. And I remember sitting in the theater watching it and going, this is this unbelievably movie? great. It's about time? Yeah. I, okay. this, this movie is amazing. I, I really love it. It's charming as hell. The lead is amazing. Um, Rachel McAdams is very sweet. Everyone in it is hilarious. It, it's, and then uh, it, at, at the halfway point of the movie, it stops being just a romance. It ends up being about family and they're, them having kids and the grandparents. Just like it becomes about everything. And it's beautiful. I loved it. And I think it's the best. I personally think it's the best thing he's ever made. I think there are holes and problems with Love Actually, but I think this movie's pretty damn tight. I, I just love it. And maybe it's because it's about men that I love it more than his other movies. Um, but I certainly respond to the father-son aspect and the romantic aspect and the British sense of humor. Um, but it really took me by surprise when you get to the ending of the movie and it talks about what its real point is and the dad tells him what he's really been doing every day and i was like oh god that's amazing and it's one of my favorite movies of the past decade and it's all because richard curtis knows how to write both comedy and charming just fluff just sweet fluff inoffensive fluff because really it's this is just white waspy british rich people in time travel only the men can like this little bit something weird about this he does manipulate her a little bit in the middle of the movie however he knows he can't make someone fall in love and he knows that before he even saw her face or used time travel they fell in love so he's got some like leeway there but there's some weird things about this movie that totally don't matter because it's such a good time it's it's got everything so hands up to richard curtis he's just he's really good at writing charming, fun, romantic comedies. With this, I think he he just did something amazing. He he surpassed the genre he always did and said something so much more about life and about time and about how we live our lives with our families and how we treat them, how we see them, how we see people every day. I loved it. It's like you don't get that in romantic comedies. Romantic comedies end when he goes to Margot Robbie's hotel and then goes back and proposes. That's when romantic comedies end. This movie's like, nope, we're going to keep going. And I loved it. Yeah. Um, this movie reminded me a lot of two movies I, I love a lot. Uh, both of them are anime movies. But um, I think one of them came before this movie. The other one came after. The one that came before is... Actually, I think they're both directed by the same person. Um, the director who made this was Mamoru Hasadota, who made a movie called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. 
Uh, it is a story that is very similar to this one. Um, that it, uh, in terms of the idea of what um, who what happens when you give a normal person the ability to go time travel and they functionally are trying to change their life for the better. Um, and they eventually fall in love. Um, we really have a lot of fun. And it's a very whole, again, much like this movie, it's a very wholesome movie. It's very feel good at the end because everything feels right. Um, but the other movie that I'm thinking of a lot is, um, Your Name. Have you seen Your Name? No. Uh, Your Name is, um, a very, very, very good movie. It came out in 2016. Uh, it's about 100 minutes. It's directed by an up-and-coming director who also made the big Japanese movie last year, Weathering With You. A lot of people went and saw that. Um, but Your Name is a story of two people who fall in love across four years, uh, where one of them lives four years in the past, the other one's four years in the future, and they kind of... Oh! Yeah. That's and, how that works. And that and they swap bodies and they, they come to terms with each other's lives and so it's really good. I was I guess that not, movie is super good. That's very interesting. Uh, again, a lot of these movies have a very common theme. They're very wholesome, they're very down to the earth, and they're very much about the character interactions, I've noticed. What did you think about this movie? I like this movie a lot. It's it was very wholesome, like you said. Um, I've seen my fair share of romantic comedies and dramas and stuff like this, so um, the time travel aspect was really fun. Um, I was a fan of Fifty First Dates, even though it's not very good. <laughs> it's also not time travel. No, but it's um, it is a guy trying to woo a woman. Yeah, yeah. Who has already fallen in love with technically? Yeah. Yes. Um. What else? Uh, but uh, no, it was really fun. I really kind of liked it for the same reason that you were kind of describing, where it starts off as a traditional romantic comedy, and where the romantic comedy aspect usually ends, the movie just be it's about halfway through the movie about. A little over halfway through the movie, where um, it's like the hour, yeah, the hour mark of a two-hour movie. It's what? It's like the hour mark of a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's like at the hour mark, and you're like, you watch it, and you're like, I feel like I just, you know, everything worked out right, and then at the very end of it, you're like, oh my god, there's still an hour left. What's going on? Um, and then at the very end when Bill Nye's character brings him in the office and he said, I've known for a while. 
and I've come to terms with it. And and then he ex- and he explains his secret, and I was like, and the movie starts kind of that last fifteen minutes of the movie where the main character kind of really finally starts acting on his father, but the same as his father. But then he comes to realize that he's got to take it a step further. And not live every day twice, but live it once, as if he lived it twice. Mm. Was very wholesome and very much just like, it's the right attitude for a movie that we need right now. Let's go with that. It's, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, the world's shit and it's a very good message. Yeah, it's a very, very good message. That's um, I loved that the main character has an Amelie poster, I think. Amelie. Amelie poster in his his room. Uh, because I recently watched a, a YouTube video about the most wholesome movies ever, and Amelie is like one of the most wholesome movies you could ever watch. Because yeah, it can give you diabetes if you're not careful. Yeah, uh, but it, it's just a movie about this innocent girl who just doesn't care anymore and she just wants to help people that's it she just isn't ready to help herself yeah um so yeah i i thought that was really cool a very interesting call out to about a wholesome movie referencing a very wholesome movie what'd you think of bill nye so that's what's really weird because I'm used to seeing Bill Nye as a villain in everything I see. And to see him like be a just be comedic and be funny and like like very just like inconsequential of everything and like joking about like having about playing ping pong and throwing so i was just like who what did you do with bill nye and i loved it i love him in this movie i think i want to see him and i i know he's done a lot more movies like this but i, I want to see more of him just like not being a villain not being a dick <laughs> uh, a, a good example of him being funny but sadly still a dick is love actually yeah I completely agree. Um, I mean, I'm so used to seeing him either in Underworld or in Pirates of the Caribbean or uh, or in uh, Harry Potter or he was in um, he was in Castlevania and he was a villain in that. I'm just like, oh, man. But so like much. a perfectly old man in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, he's just oh, God, he's so good in this. And it yeah, was super so good. nice to see him just be this this funny old guy who just loved his kids to death. All right, so let's let's ask the guy who obviously needed this movie the most. Um, Chris, um, how how did you how did you dig this movie? You dig this movie? Okay. So, this movie is pure art in every sense of the word. Um, pure, pure art? Pure art. I don't uh, know if I I don't know if I'd say that, but no, sure. No. Shut up. Um, for once, please, <laughs> shut up. Um, so, like, oh my god, where do, where do I start? This movie's freaking hilarious, first off. Um, 
<laughs> the moment where Margot Robbie introduces her girlfriend, and he's just like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm so relieved. She's not even straight. I can live my life. And then <laughs> the amount of times he had to go back and do that. And then he finally is like, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to avoid this. And then he goes and meets him outside. <laughs> um, the moment with the play. Uh, <laughs> he oh, yeah. it. He's just like, okay, I got to He's like, he just met Rachel McAdams. He's like, oh, I'm totally digging this girl. And then he goes in and he's like, my play was crap. He's like, oh, no. So he goes back and fixes it. <laughs> But he doesn't. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes into the wrong guy's room. He's just like, we need to go over your lines. He's just like, like piss off. And then he goes and he goes and he's like, okay. So he's like, okay. So the the dude he goes into her lines with, he does his lines perfectly. Richard E. Grant shows up. Very famous British comedian has worked with this director before, for sure. I was not expecting that. I just sat there and I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, okay, I got the wrong guys. And then he goes and makes cardboard cutouts. <laughs> uh, of his lines. That was pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, and then him trying to find different like the whole deal with when he first like starts using his the time travel manipulation to win over um Rachel McAdams like that was all like all that like this movie is so funny I'm so glad it like yeah um and then it was just like okay this movie's really sweet and um and then it's like, okay, so this is like, okay. Um, this movie doesn't move, or it's not constructive. It's not constructed conventionally, whereas there would be some kind of like thing that happens where it's it's this isn't Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. No, it's like there's no there's no like real plot behind it or tension really well I, I, what I, I i would say the thing about internal sunshine's thoughtless mind is that it is specifically meant to be a treatise against people who grew up watching romantic comedies whereas this movie is made by the guy who has made four of the best romantic comedies of all time and the thing is he is a craftsman and he is really good but what I think is really amazing about this movie is that let, just take the fact that it ditches being a romantic comedy halfway through. It still goes with the structure of a romantic comedy. But like the best thing about it is the sci-fi element is so just flippantly dealt with. It's the relationship between the son and the father and how they both treat this idea that makes it so great. Like you see him be a shy guy with women. And then he's immediately given the opportunity to get a girlfriend. And that's like the goal of the movie. But it's not hammered down so hard. He mentions it in the next scene. Like, my goal is love, sure. But it's also about his journey of figuring out an idea about it. Not like everything he says is about 
this, this is my goal to get a girlfriend. It's just very easily said, I think I think I want to get a girlfriend. And then halfway through the movie, he's got her. They're married. They're done. And you're like, well, what's, what's next? And you realize that's not what the biggest thing about life is. It's about what happens after the thing you want. You have to try hard for it. And just it's about time. Time keeps going. Every time you think you've achieved something or something is over, time keeps going. Even even when you are gone, your children keep going. And I found I just found all of that so interesting. Yeah, like that was the that was another added element. I was just like, okay, I was like I just caught myself by surprise because like I was falling for all of this. It was like when they ditched the like they ditched the romantic comp and all that all that stuff, I was it was just like, okay, now I really care about everybody, and like, um, I I see. I think you would like romantic movies and romantic comedies, but you, you just have to find the right ones. No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. I'm not saying like okay, like like I said. Um, Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. I, I, I was just... Well, I was going to say, like, if if your idea of having not seen very many is Hallmark movies or some of the lazy ones that have come out over the last 10, 20 years, then, yeah, I don't think you have a good idea of a good romantic comedy. But, like, I, I will be honest. I think you responded really well to the romantic, charming aspects of Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey when they were falling in love. And that is really well done stuff because Michael Gondry has done romantic stuff before. But you are now watching, you are in the hands of the romantic comedy master. So, of course, he's going to charm you. He's going to make you like it. But that's why I think it's a good example of what you can like out of this genre. It's such a good example of the genre that this is what you want to find. I don't want to spoil you, but there are movies out there like this for sure. Harry Met Sally, for example is a great, charming, funny, romantic comedy through and through. You want to get the, you want them to get together. You care about how they feel about each other. But it's also super funny and they're charming and it's a great like time to watch the movie. The first hour of this movie, them falling in love, is so much fun. And a lot of it has to do with I had no idea this lead guy had it in him. I had no idea he was a lead actor. Like I saw him do ex machina, but that's not, like it's not really a lead actor performance there are two other people he's bouncing off of in mysterious ways he is 110 percent charming as hell in this and it took me by surprise how funny he was how great he bounced off uh rachel mcadams especially by the end when it's obvious they've been like filming this for a while like them being together is super charming and it works it's just great okay like, it's sweet and i think I think the best examples of romantic comedies can be movies that you would enjoy for sure. No, okay. So here's the deal. So, um, it's when it stopped being a romantic comedy, and I had to like stop and be like, "This isn't a romantic comedy anymore. This is Donald Gleason's movie." Um, and it was at that point I'm like, "Freaking art, art," and. Like, <clears throat> okay, I gotta select my words very carefully because mm-hmm. sentences are important. Yes, they are. They're very important when they're constructed well, cohesively. So mm-hmm. think. You're gonna say, stop. So think. So, this, 
to me, this movie is like it just stops being, and I just started like, okay, now it's a when um. So when this, so when uh, Kit Kat, when the she sister, yeah. gets into a car, yeah, the sister, um, when she gets into a car accident, and he's just like, whoa, and then he just starts trying to help his sister out, and like, um, it's like stuff like that. It was like that was the moment where I was like, okay. Now I'm like having a moment with this movie, and then he's then his dad's dying, and they have like one more. Um, they and the whole thing, and like the whole movie just transpires after that. And then stupid phone, um, like this movie, like moves unconventionally, it's details are um like now it moves unconventionally it doesn't have like a um i don't want to say it doesn't have a plot because it definitely has that um it doesn't have a normal movie structure it doesn't have like a like a villain or like any kind of like thing or any goals like we just came up like we just came across like indiana jones with like beginning middle end like plot like yeah, there's, hero there's guys this movie is not mean-spirited but there's yeah, exactly. nobody to like get in his way. There's no one trying to steal his power. No one's trying to kill his dad. Sure. It's just, I want to get a girlfriend. And then he gets it, and it's like, well, you still have this time travel power. What are you going to do with it? Well, I don't want to lose my dad, but my wife wants to have a baby. It's just real life. Real life got in the way of this romantic comedy because it kept going. Right. And you're right. Like it's a, It doesn't have a normal structure, even for a romantic comedy, because it's its conflict is so small. It's, I, I want to get a girlfriend. And then he loses the number, but then he gets, he finds her back anyway. And you're like, still only a half an hour through the movie. And you're like, wow, this is really fun. But, like, not even saying that's not even, that's to me, that's not even like an issue. Um, It's just like, it, like, its message like really, really hit me. Like, like all about like the time that we spend, you know, like this movie's message about like how we spend our time and what we do with that, how we enjoy, like how we are supposed meant to enjoy life, even with all this imperfection and like, let me tell you this. Balling. I was a mess at the end of this movie. A mess. It hit like a freaking linebacker. Nice. Right? Like like that. Like or cue up the Indiana Jones like 
punch noise that isn't really realistic that we really never talked about. Um, like that. I don't know what I don't know how you say it. Yeah, yeah. They punch me. <laughs> I wonder whose jaw makes that noise. Anyway, um, like if they had to find their, the guy yeah. that makes that noise with their jaw and then smack them with the microphone in their face. Um, no, no, they, there's, there's a story about how they found that iconic, people call it iconic sound of punching in the Indiana Jones movies. No, they, they punch meat. <laughs> meat? Oh, okay. Yeah, like Rocky. I see, I see. I don't hear me. Anyway, um, I thought you said they punched me. I was like, they didn't punch you. I hope they didn't punch you. They definitely yeah, all did. The back in 19, all the way back in 1982, they punched you. <laughs> um that'd be 14 years before i was born um let's not talk about age here uh <laughs> um chris is a youngin i'm a yeah i'm a baby i don't know anything um anyway but like to me it's like i just came off the heels of like watching God's Not Dead where they force this thing on you and you're meant to like take it and this movie is just like it's so easygoing it doesn't it's not mean-spirited or anything like that it's not hammer it's not like like trying to prove a point to you um to be right it's um it's just it's like listen film. it's easygoing it's fun, it's caring, and it got its message across. That's all you have to do. Yeah. That's all you have to do, Alex, Zach. That's all you have to do. It's yeah. so easy. Even though people say filmmaking is hard, but that part is easy. Well, this do that. He's the master of the romantic genre and pushed himself even further with this movie. So I, I got to give him credit, like... Anyway, like, it was just like, this was the movie I needed to see that, like, it didn't have to hammer home anything. Like, it didn't have to force an opinion on anybody. It made its point, like, it made, um, ah, dang, I lost for words. It, um, the movie like made its message clear and like was effective in doing that. It got me. So like I needed to see a movie like that to know that like it could come from anywhere. Like it does like really it can. It doesn't have to be forced on anybody. It can come naturally. It don't like you don't have to force anything on anybody. Um, and, like, like I said, its message, like, really hit me, especially now during quarantine. Um, but, yeah, even though it's, at times, like, it's, un it being unconventional does kind of, like, take away from it if you're not, like, used to it. But if you go with it and just, like, 
if you go with it, it really speaks. Like, it really just, it speaks louder than any words can really say, even though this movie is, like, a good chunk of it is narration. Um, yeah, okay, should have thought about that before I said that. I'm kidding. Well, they um, span for eight years. Fine. Um, so, yeah, this movie is freaking perfect. Even though it's not perfect, it's perfect. And that's the best that I, that's probably the best way I could put it. It's just, this movie's freaking great. Also, uh, fan theory, um, as soon as, uh, Donald Gleason crossed the road, uh, Voldemort was there to kill him. I'm sorry? Well, wasn't Donald Gleason in Harry Potter as one of the Weasley twins? Uh, no, the Weasley twins were played by actual twins. I, I think he's the older Weasley brother that trained dragons. Oh! Wrong Weasley. Got it. There's a lot of them, though. There's a lot of and Weasleys. Like and they all guys. look the same. He does Sorry. look like those guys. Anyway. Uh, Voldemort was there to kill him anyway. I don't know. Um, okay. I'll, be, uh, I'll be honest. When I, when I first saw Ex Machina and this within the same time, I was like, why, wow, why is one of the twins doing so much better than the other? And then I realized, oh, no, that's not him. I see. So, he yeah, played this... the one who married the blonde in the last movie. Yeah, he's, you don't see the guy. Tra- he, he, they always talk about him. Uh, Ron always talks about him because he's like, yeah, my brother, he trains. He, he deals with dragons. That's no, 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 that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. What? I just... <laughs> so, 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 I actually am a big fan of Harry Potter, so I can explain the Weasleys to you. So there are... Back to Willow. Four or five. Back there's to six, Willow. There's six, there's seven Weasley siblings. Hashtag back to Willow. There's... Okay. There's, there's Bill Weasley, who's played by Donald Gleason. Hashtag back uh-huh. to he works, And what does he do? He works for the Wizarding Bank. Back to Willow. Doing, okay, he works for the bank. Got it. Hashtag uh, then there's chart. Hey, Chris, shut the fuck up. Falcon. Well, I don't really need to know anything past the fact Anyways, that I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. He, he, he plays the one who works for the bank. Whoever played okay. the but, Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't show up until the, the, like, the last movie. Yeah. Yep. Basically, but I would also recommend Ex Machina. Ex Machina, he's very good in it, and he's got a new HBO show, and he's very good in that too. He's also playing a guy bouncing off a woman. They're just super charming actors being charming. It's great. It's got a it's got a thriller aspect to it, but like they're both just flirting with each other the entire time, quipping. It's great. Anyway. Uh, yep, this movie's perfect. Even though it's not perfect, it's perfect. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because it's one of my faves. Um, everybody's great in it too. I was not li- listen. The reason I laughed so hard at that Richard E. Grant like placing because I wasn't expecting Richard E. Grant. <laughs> I was like, oh, of course it was Richard E. Grant. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. like this movie is like so funny like throughout like i was like i think i laughed i think i laughed the hardest at the wedding scene oh yeah yeah. i I like Um, when he meets her parents for the first time oh yeah that was good um like this like him trying to find out who's the better best man oh yeah 
<laughs> he goes through Rory and then um, Harry and then Jay and then it settles on his dad. I was like, why wasn't your dad your first choice? That was mine. Very true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think incredibly charming, incredibly good movie. It's just solid. Um, yeah. I, you could pick this thing apart, but why? Like, why? You feel like I, I, it would just be like spitting on a painting in a museum. Everyone's like, why? Like, why would you do that? Just doesn't, it, no one really benefits from it. Uh, I, I, it's funny because when the reviews came out for this, a lot of them were basically like only talking about the romantic comedy aspect. And they kept talking about how they fear the idea of this guy manipulating this girl and using her words to get her. Uh, oh, did they, they had no idea. Nine years later, Fifty Shades comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. They had no idea how bad it was going to get. Fifty Shades is already out by this point. No. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, I'm this talking is... about the movie. Chris, this came out in 2013. And when did Fifty Shades? 2015. Come out? Yeah, 2015. Oh, well, sure. They're, they're not like years apart, though. Boom! They were probably being developed around the same time. I would assume the books are out by then, yeah. But like the, that's yes, the thing. The people, books are starting to, uh, people are starting to think that there were problems with stuff like that. But I don't. I think this movie doesn't have that issue. I think he says they make it very clear he can't force someone to love you, and they fell in love without looks or magic in, in the first place. He just lost that opportunity. And what I find even more interesting, having watched it three times this week, every time he meets her in the process of trying to get her until um, they're he gets her at the party she always enjoys talking to him she even says when he leaves after getting the information about um uh the guy rupert she's like i think he's cute i liked him like she always genuinely liked him so like the movie the movie makes it clear that he's just trying to fix the problem that he broke in the first place and then they never talk about the last aspect of it they just say it's cheesy sentimentality and to be honest i i think that's incredibly unfair I think this is a really good time and a pretty solid romantic comedy slash dramedy. It's just a solid dramedy. They used to make movies like this. There's a guy named James L. Brooks who used to be the king of stuff like this, and he's lost his touch. And this guy who came out around the same time, maybe a little bit later, and he has not lost his touch. I haven't seen all of the movies he's ever written, but I've seen almost all of his comedies and shows. I love Mr. Bean. And I've seen most of his romantic comedies. Um, this is the best thing I think he's ever done. And it's one of my favorite just like movies, movies of the past 10 years. It's just, you could poke holes, but why? Why do that? But you could poke holes at Wizard of Oz. Who cares? Why would you do that? Why would you do it? What's the point? Have a good time. I would say that I would grade this a... I'm going to go with an, a B plus. I'd probably give it a B. Maybe a B. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking a B. A plus. Okay, I figured, I figured you'd say that, yeah. Yeah. I, the only, I, I think it's a little bit too waspy. I think it's a little bit too rich white people. There aren't really any people of color in it. Um, 
they the 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 most dangerous thing that happens in the movie is someone gets in a drunk driving accident, um, and someone dies of cancer. I, I I think some of those things are a little bit safe and obviously written from someone who has been wealthy for quite a long time. But I I, I don't care. I think those things are kind of they weaken it over time. But I think that's like I think it works for people like us that reason i don't know if you could like i i when i think of a like a universal beloved charming wholesome movie i think could you show this to people in a third world country and would they still enjoy it could they still respond to it um i think charlie chaplin's in that wheelhouse i think uh a couple i think et is probably in that wheelhouse um could you show this to people and they think, well, yeah, of course they're super happy and chill and wouldn't use their time travel powers for evil. Look at where they live. Look at how nice things are. And it's like, well, yeah, they, they have time travel, so their family's probably set up pretty well. Like, I get all that stuff. I don't care about that. But I think over time, it's probably going to look... I think it's going to age pretty poorly on it. Um, however, I love it. And, like, there are some things I would change sentimentality-wise. There's some things I think are a little too cheesy, but um that's about that's about it i want to go maybe a minus i think i'll go a minus i think i talk myself into an a minus i'm sticking with the b of course you do yep i'm so i'm so glad i'm so glad you guys liked it it's a favorite it's a <laughs> lovely movie of mine. no i can't laugh at my own joke stupid stupid all right um, okay, so about time. Freaking perfect. Let's make ourselves miserable, shall we? Sure. Any any suggestions before we go to the wheel? Yes. What do you What do you got, Zach? I got one too. Oh God, I have one too, and it's not I even on the It's not I even on the backlog. I can't believe I'm suggesting this. But I'm going to. No. Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. That's a hard one. People really hate that movie. <laughs> Super Baby Geniuses? Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. Baby Genius, it's a really, it's renowned for being terrible. Baby I've never seen it, but it's, it's supposed to be awful. Geniuses too. I'm out of is, babies. Nothing is worse than a bad kids movie. Alex? Um, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf, okay. Yeah, we need more 80s in our lives. Yeah, we do. We really do. Max Steel! Why would you... Max Steel? Is that, the, is that another Mark Wahlberg movie? No. I gotta look this up, sorry. What's Max Steel? It is a Hasbro movie based Uh off an action figure. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And it's freaking terrible. I know because I'll force two people to write and talk about it on live internet programming for school. Well, uh, um, who's Max Steel? He's a kid who gets powers and blah, 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 blah. Robot with, uh... Wait, um, it's, 
a robot with a mohawk kind of a thing? Robot? No, he, he is not a robot. He has a companion that is a robot. Forward on the Dawn? That's saddening. Because Forward on the Dawn's great. No. I, I know the name, and I completely forgot it was a kid's thing. So, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I keep thinking of Max Payne. So, uh, um, then, yeah, um, I, I don't remember this at all. Andy Garcia and Maria Bello anchor this movie. Uh, Maria Bell is easily the best part. Um, and it's all downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Three interesting choices. Listen, I'm going to go off of me saying that Ready to, I'm going to go off the goodwill that I had with Ready to Rumble of that being a great choice and say Max Steel. Because I was just reminded of it, and I want to put it on there. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm sticking I'm with you. And you want to know who one of the writers was, Alex? What? It was who? Travis. I made Travis ma- watch this movie. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> it was either that or... No, it wasn't Pete's Dragon. It was either that or... I wanted to do a bad movie. Because my episode was... We had to do... We had to do we had to direct two movie, two episodes of uh, our um, college show, uh, review show, and write four. And my my uh, movie, my movies were, I think, the Magnificent Seven remake. No, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Peculiar Children. That was my that was my that, one. That movie's like actually good. And then I said Max Steele. Was my other one? I there was another choice instead of Max Steel. I forget which one it was, but yeah. But uh, Miss Peregrine was the first one I directed. Episode of the thing I directed. Let's spin this thing. Zach, can you see it? Sure. I mean, can you see it right now? Like, sure. are you looking at it? Yes, I'm looking at it. Okay, so between Super Babies, Baby Geniuses Two, Teen Wolf, and Max Steel, this looks like a cacophony of hell. Good. <laughs> and it is Alex, it's Teen Wolf. <laughs> That's gonna that movie's like so medium. Are you gonna kill like is this gonna kill me? No, it's just bad. Uh, first of all first of all, Zach, I don't think this movie is medium. I think you are gonna be surprised when you rewatch it. And Chris, you are gonna be shocked to know that this movie was kind of a hit. And yeah, it's it's just eighties. Oh it's no, is it one of those? It's, God, it made, uh, it made like 80 those? times its budget. What, what do you mean by one of those? Like, is it one of those, like, hits that, A, either didn't age well, or B, weren't very good to begin with, but they became hits anyway? Yes. Oh, oh, it's it hasn't aged well at all. It's incredibly dated. It was never good to begin with, but the thing is, it's fun, and it's entertaining, and a big reason for that is because Michael J. Fox is the titular Teen Wolf. He is pretty good in his, I think, first movie role before he started really like getting down the run. Was, I don't was know. this before or after? Uh, uh, Back to the I'm pretty sure before. Pretty sure before. Um, All right, but it's 85? super. It's like it's the most. It's just super 80s, and it's like just cheesy 80s stuff. But also, it's a kid turning into like. So- 
they treat his puberty like they cheat his Teen Wolf thing like it's puberty. So, so he, that's how it's affecting. Oh, Go ahead. No. So Alex. Alex. Mm-hmm. This was two months after Back to the Future. My guess is that it was made before it, and then they kept it on the shelf. And when oh, Back to the Future was probably getting big, and people were getting worried. That's when they put it out. But no yeah, you totally ride the coattails of Back to the Future. But that also put like this was a big movie, a because of Back to the Future, but also it was a teen movie, and yeah. like it was about just like it was just a goofy teen comedy, and it did pretty well on those standards. But like if you watch it, it's it's ridiculous. It's just stupid funny. It's like these choices. It, it like what? It, it's just very eighties, and I think you'll enjoy it, Chris, because like there are of course worse movies. It's not Miami Connection worse. Like that that is a cheap movie made in the eighties and you can't escape the eighties ness. It's not like Ticket to Hawaii where they're actually trying to make the movie, but it's also just like heavy metal eighties and it's kind of like got that grunge to it. This is like tubular. Uh, I I'm gonna see you at the max bro. Like that kind of eighties. Like oh, his boy. best friend's wearing like the brightest colors and the weirdest hat and like hair is full of hairspray and everyone's just like what's your problem bro why are you gonna be such a wasteoid it's like oh god yeah that's a famous line from a john hughes 80s movie so like yeah they said they had weird lines back then they had like weird phrases like like the most realistic movie set in the 80s that is just inescapably 80s is fast times at ridgemont high that that's it's full of stars it's really good and it's very realistic, but you can't escape the 80s in of it. This is a movie that, like, we're going to be all 80s about it. <laughs> it's just great. It's fantastic because the kid's a wolf. It's a werewolf without a full moon playing basketball. So. It, it's just a feel-good time. Like, okay. like, all right. You'll love it. It's goofy. Yeah. It's stupid. It's silly. It's great. On the wheel as it stands. For those of you listening, The Last Airbender, The Watcher. Yeah. Oof, sorry guys. The much wanted Star Wars Holiday Special. I want it. Yeah, Nicholas you Nicholas Cage is the Wicker Man. Crazy movie. Doom. Master. Master of Disguise. Why is Riccio still on there? Gosh dang it, I delete that. Sorry about that, everybody. I don't know. Wait, what did we replace Riccio with? Oh, You can just listen to it last time. Okay. So, oh boy. Um, Master of Disguise. North. Yes, North. Dragon Ball Evolution. Yikes. Howard the Duck. Was really if we didn't get enough George Lucas insanity. Um, hard Ticket to Hawaii. Rizzy We got we, Now we got some more 80s on there. Nice. The Cat in the Hat. Mike Myers' Cat in the Hat. I kind of want to rewatch this movie kind of really badly. Ooh, I did it. Uh, I did it on a whim once. It was not fun. <laughs> Rollerball. You guys, this movie. And Love on a Leash. You know what I kind of really want to watch, not going to lie, and it's not the holiday special, actually. 
Oh, I kind of really want us to watch The Last Airbender, finally. My mom was watching that, like, like two weeks ago. I'm like, I, what are you doing? I kind of really, really want us to watch that movie. It's a rough one. It is rough. It's really bad. All right, are we ready? And then it gives oh, Alex a reason to watch Avatar. <laughs> no. With I am really nervous. I don't know what we're going to get here. It seems, yeah, this, this is, I, there's some ones that I want and there's some ones I'm scared about. Go for it. Three, two, one. No! 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 The first week I didn't want it! We got it! <laughs> oh no, guys. We have and to Alex, Alex, Alex. Even better, Alex, I want to tell you this. You know what's even better about this? What? Clone Wars is ending on Monday. <laughs> uh, well, he'll finish Clone Wars before he gets to this, but, like, didn't we want to watch you this sure? together? How are, how are we going to do this? We're, he's not going to watch this. We can watch this on Zoom, or we'll watch it on Skype together with each other on call, but we have to do this on Monday. I can't. I've already got plans for Monday. God damn it, Alex. I'm sorry, I work till 2, and then I've got something afterwards. I, I understand. He's sad. Dude, he's not ready. Yeah, we could totally... I don't think we should do it on Zoom. I think we should just do it over the phone, because that, I, it's better yeah. to just... Because we're going to be looking at this thing. We don't want to not look away. Um, well, but the, yeah, the, the thing is, is I could do, we could pull up a screen share of it on YouTube, and then we could all watch uh, via Skype, like we are right now. Yeah, as long as we all have the same video, um, and we yeah, I'll, I'll post a link. I'll post a link. We'll all watch that link. Uh, I'm so sorry, Chris. It had to happen someday. This is like the best time for it to happen too. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. Like, this is the thing that he's gonna have to get out of his. Like, you gotta get some stuff out of your system with this man because it's bad. It's bad. It's I'm oof, oof. This is a rough one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm going to post a link right here. Uh, no, that, that's not what I wanted, but we'll, we'll get it. Don't worry. Uh, I'll post the YouTube link. It's a nice quality of it, which is hard to do, by the way. Uh, does it have the cartoon? I don't know if it has the cartoon, but it's an hour and a half long. So I think it's there. Okay. okay. Uh, all, right. Sweet... all right, Chris, what's going through your head, man? Go through your head, buddy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It is the cartoon. It has the cartoon. Oh, no. Oh, no. Boy. Yeah. yeah. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> This is insane. Okay. All right. We went from you know like a really good. We were talking about this last week about how all it was going to take was me not caring about it anymore. I wanted to see something else. And the first time I did it, we got. Totally what happened. That's totally what happened, Chris. You should have just let him be a, a, a stickler about it. Jeez, man. Why'd you have to like. Oof. Open that up. <laughs> man. Give him some he great advice, it looks like. From that moment Jeez. on. It was destined to come. I've been waiting for this day for so long. Chris, I have executed Order 66 on you. <laughs> I have murdered the Jedi. 
Okay, Chris, how are you feeling? What's going through your mind, man? What's oh my mind? God, no. No, 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 no. Yes, yes. No, no. He's in denial. Hey, man, but more Harrison Ford. <laughs> and Mark Hamill. And, uh, and Carrie Fisher. And R2-D2. And C-3PO. And Boba Fett. We have Boba Fett. And Boba Fett. Just, just remember, so Chris. Sorry, Chris, buddy. Chris, so sorry. Chris, we're gonna have a wonderful Wookiee Life Day. Oh, this is gonna be super bad. I'm sorry, bro. You better like, you better come swinging because this thing sucked. <laughs> Painful. Oof. <laughs> oh my God! No, okay. no, no. He's in denial. I don't think he realizes that this is gonna happen. No, he doesn't have an excuse to avoid it anymore. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. It'll be off. It'll finally be over. A chapter of our lives will be uh, closing. Just remember, Chris, the Star Wars Christmas special is inevitable. (laughs) It will. It it won't kill us. It'll just make us stronger. Yeah. I'm literally shaking. I'm shaking. It's also really, really, really bad. (laughs) I am shaking right now. Really boring, yeah. Yep. Like I am legit shaking. Like I can't. I don't think I could stand up again. <sighs> well, you're gonna get it done with, man. You're gonna. You're gonna. You know. You're finally. You're. 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 You're getting. You're getting it done. You're, you're a true Star Wars fan soon. Truth to the true. I'm sorry. There is a lot of really weird shit that's happening here. Yes, I don't know if he even has the energy to hit uh, the record button. I feel like we're just going to record this ending of him going insane until we either leave or he dies of starvation. How many years is that, man? How many years has it been? For me to have seen this? To no, no, to like that we've had this on the wheel. Two or three, I think. This isn't yeah. one of the original. This was like one of the originals. So yeah, for sure. <sighs> oh man. Chris. All Chris. right. So next week, Christmas special. Holidays. If, if we can't get it by next week. We we will delay this until we can all come together in some form and watch this together. I think that's fair. I mean, I'm willing to do it over the phone. But if you think, Chris, that you would legit would like to do that with us, I'm fine with us spending again. Because I do... Something gets lost in the translation of the phone, for sure. Like, we, we all agree that... that I got to be honest. I, I, I say this. We landed on the holiday special, right? Yeah. It's happening. It's happening, right? Yes. What we it's could do, Al- Alex, Chris, 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 I'll make, I'll make you a deal here, okay? Do, do you want to hear the deal? Is he there? Are you there? I guess to talk to his parents. Oh, okay. 
so 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 Alex and Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer you this deal because I'm the one who pushed for this so hard, and it's finally here. And I and I I think I'm gonna give you guys the option: either we do it this coming week because the wheel decided, uh-huh. or I'll let you guys delay it indefinitely until the moment we can all truly come together. And then wherever we are, doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a series, doesn't matter if it's a good movie week, doesn't matter if it's a bad movie week, doesn't matter if it's a curiosity week. The moment... No, no, we're not waiting. We're not waiting. We come together and we watch it. We're not waiting. Okay. (laughs) You want to do it now? We're doing it. He wants to rip off the Band-Aid. I like it. We've waited long enough. No, no, no. No, well, Chris... I, I understand that, like, times are things... Do you dare challenge the wheel? No, I don't challenge... Do you challenge dare the wheel. oppose the wheel? I'm not no. trying to depose the wheel. I'm saying we delay it indefinitely. Nope. We will delay the podcast indefinitely. The next episode we do will be the holiday special. Okay. He's determined. He's determined. Okay. Do the you want, spoken. Do you want to wait indefinitely to do it in person, or do you want to do it over the phone? That's the better question I want to make. No, we're not waiting in for we're not waiting for in person. We don't know how long that's going to be. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment. I think it will happen sooner than you think, though. But that's beyond the point. No, it won't. Honestly, I don't think it will. I think I, they'll allow small in in person meetings by June. It, I I agree with Chris. I say we just get it done with. We don't always get together for our films. It would have been nice, but. Uh, I I say we just do it. Yeah, just get it I'm done. I'm just doing it. I have no issues with that. I just <sighs> it was the generous <laughs> offer. I was actually going to suggest that myself. I I I think it's fair. I think it was a yeah. fair offer. But uh, if he wants to go for it, then I'd say we just you know That's dive in. Vince, uh, I, I offered him a way out that wasn't actually a way out, but <laughs> it was the delay. It was a stall. Yeah, it was a stall. It was basically a stall where. We can keep yeah. going with other series, other stuff, whatever. We'll replace the holiday special, but we'll put it on the docket that the minute we can do it together, we will do it together and we will release it. But you you have made up your mind, Chris. You want to do it. That's fine. I, I wanted to offer you the better deal where you could mentally prepare yourself. Listen, this is how it's been. You have been... And you have been pushing and pushing yeah. and pushing like the yes. like Rachel McAdams when she's giving birth. I've been pushing and pushing wow. and pushing for this movie to happen. And the moment yeah. you stopped caring, it happened. Yeah, true. It's true. So now, no compromise. You can't. Yeah, you can't, yeah, no, you can't not care. No delay, Chris. But I this understand. This is happening that, next I, week. Okay. I just saying that there's a pandemic out there. No, you want out. this. Don't give me an out. I don't patronize me. You I wanted this. You want this well, bad. Okay. Don't well, patronize well, Chris, me. Chris, we all like it would have been nice for all three of us to get together and laugh about yes. this in person. Like yes. that that was my argument. But like I agree. We should just get it done. Let's just do it. Okay. We don't watch every film that way. We can do this over the phone like you and I did the wrestling one. Yep. Let's just do it. Okay. Uh, I posted a good quality link in the chat, though, for you guys to uh, use if we want to all watch it all at the same time together right. and do, do a live viewing and and contemplating. I, I would like to. I would like to watch it with you guys, sure. Yeah. I do want to do that though. 
if we can't do it in person, I want to do it over a Skype call with a like video screen share, whatever we got to do with that. Yeah, I'd like to do Is that together. something you would more like to do, Chris? Are you up for that, dude? I'm hey, sure. see, are you are you gone, Chris? I can't get up. Oh, okay. He's so flabbergasted. I'm going to assume that he's not going to press the stop button on record, so we should just give an ending. Uh, and then he can, you know, edit it later. Yeah. Uh, unless he wants to no, I'll hit the I, end button. Here, I'll hit, I'll hit the end button. <laughs> so, next week, the Star Wars Christmas special. Star Wars Christmas special? Star Wars holiday special? Holiday special, sorry. My mistake. It is Wookiee Life Day. It is Wookiee Life Day. It's going to be a joyous celebration. If you say so.